We live in a society where people can't often discuss openly about their mental health. It's a taboo topic in a country like India and in our country it's really difficult to have meaningful conversations and discussions around mental health because individuals don't accept its existence to begin with. The Gen Z I'd say is definitely more well informed about mental health problems as compared to their parents generation because most of their parents know little to nothing about mental health and its importance because they were brought up in a way that their mental health wasn't prioritized so it becomes kind of difficult for teenagers to you know confide in their parents and talk to their parents about their mental health problems on this episode of yours mentally we're going to be talking about the stigma around mental health This episode is in conversation with Anandita Vagani who is a counseling psychologist. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. So on today's episode where we talk about stigma around mental health, Anandita, can you tell me what do we exactly mean when we say that there's a stigma around mental health? So actually stigma is a Greek word and it means a dot or a mark. A more general meaning would be a sign. So to say that there's a stigma around something means that there's a literal physical mark that sets a person apart. That's what it means to have right. a stigma around something. Right. So Anandita, can you tell me what are some other things that are stigmatized in society, you know, just to get a clearer idea of what exactly stigma is? So modern research has talked about three categories of people who kind of are stigmatized. One is people with visible physical deformities. The second is people with, you know, of a certain group status. Mm-hmm. And the third is a person with poor personal traits or perceived poor personal traits. So some groups that are stigmatized in society could be based off of discernible characteristics like someone's mm-hmm. skin color or body size. or could be hidden such as one's criminal record for example i honestly feel like in india just pick anything that is not spoken about often and it's stigmatized like yeah that's just how it is over here you know people don't tend to accept things that they are not familiar with right? so i think one of the biggest things in india that is stigmatized is sort of this notion of having postpartum depression because the mm-hmm. woman is seen as someone who is naturally a mother right someone who's naturally a child bearer So when it comes to women feeling depressed after having children then there's a huge huge stigma around that. Right. So Anandita, can you tell us why exactly the stigma exists in society and specifically, you know, more so in the Indian society? So I think one of the big uh, reasons stigma exists is because we like to use the term mental illness and mental health sort of interchangeably and there's a huge stigma towards using these mental health services. because we are in a collectivist society in india and i think here there's this very uh, lok kya kahenge mentality right it's all about we live in a collectivist society we don't want our family name to be damaged and anything that's a threat to our family name is a threat to our personal identity and i think stigma exists for this primary reason that if people find out i'm going to seek a mental health therapist or I'm going to be seen as someone who's crazy and that will bring a really bad image to my family. So yeah. that's one of the prime reasons I would say. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think over here people care a lot about what others think of them and what others would think of their family as well. Like like you know, in India family is everything. And and it should be like you know family should be everything but not in a way that you know you're compromising right. your mental health for them. Like to save your yeah. family's honor, you shouldn't be yeah. Correct. you know be like okay yeah this is happening to me i'm just going to let it uh, slide cuz my family's honor you know like a lot of people they don't speak about anything that's happened to them trigger warning sexual assault 
a lot of people even don't speak up about sexual assault you would have even seen it in these indian tv shows you know if you watch like crime patrol and absolutely absolutely no one talks about that no one talks about it because no. whenever you know they're questioning the person who's been sexually assaulted it's the person will always be like oh you know i i, I didn't speak about it because what is my family my family will disown me that's that's literally the first thing they'll always say correct that's what it's just like it's like this trend even in movies actually even in a lot of bollywood movies you see yeah. that happening so yeah i feel like in india i think family is one of the you know major reasons that there is like a stigma and especially you know when it comes to mental health Yeah, absolutely right. And honestly, when I talk to my clients, and the, one of the questions I ask them when I'm uh, going to dig up, the, dig down their information, is what does your social support look like? And you would imagine that mon- many people would talk about family as a support here, but yeah. instead they talk about their friends because they feel uh, when it comes to mental health concerns, they're more able to talk to their friends, they, they who are more able to you know accept it, hear them out without judgment, and give them more advice. So mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. I do agree with you to a certain extent, but I feel like even friends sometimes are not very understanding. Because here's the thing, right? Obviously, if our we come from a family where I mean, the people whose families don't believe in mental health problems, I'm sure the children do because they're educated and all. But there is like a certain amount of prejudice that you have against people going for therapy, you know? Because for for you, it's always been made to seem not normal. And so, if your friends are going for therapy, I often say this like. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, you go for therapy!" It's like it's not a normal thing over here. Correct. You know, it's it's romanticized, I'd say, and also, yeah. and so yeah, even like I think certain people's friends also make jokes about you know their friends' mental health because yeah, I think that there's a lot of trivialization of mental health. So yeah. saying I'm retarded or I'm so OCD. Yeah. Or, uh, that girl is psycho. You know, these are such common language errors we make that actually stop someone from getting help. Yeah, and I I blame media for most of it, honestly, because a lot of movies. I'm pretty sure again in Indian movies you'll see they use terms like depressed, anxiety. You know, these complex eating disorders. They use it very casually, like it's right. nothing. You know, yeah. And they portray even therapy. They portray therapy. Therapy to be something very, very different than what it actually is. Like, have you watched Dear Zindagi? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think therapy is anything? Like, even like twenty percent of what that <laughs> movie portrayed to me. So there's a very yeah there's a very common image of therapy to be on a couch right uh, yeah. and that's really not very much like it and I pointed out ten things there that ethical therapists do not do because you're not you know you're not uh, supposed to have that closer relationship with your client because it comes in the way of your objectivity exactly so yeah I couldn't stop pointing out errors when I was watching that movie it was really distracting <laughs> yeah like even when I was I think twelve or thirteen when I was watching that movie I was like oh wow when I go for therapy I'll be like sleeping on a couch. And such a big house, and then then I became older, and then I was like, okay, yeah. No, and like, you, yeah. <laughs> and the the couch is actually a valid symbol because the god of uh, psychotherapy, Freud, basically he had a couch in his office, yeah. and that's kind of how it started with analyzing dreams. But uh, psychotherapy today looks a bit different, you know, and there's different modes of it as well. Right. Okay. So Ananda, is there a particular group that is stigmatized more, or does it prevail equally amongst all groups? 
definitely there are definitely some groups that are stigmatized more in society than others you know when it comes to women i think one of the things i've seen is they'll always be hesitant to open up about postpartum depression and i think that comes from the reason again that people will think they're bad mothers another group i think that is really really stigmatized is there's a huge stigma in the lgbtq community and it's such a difficult topic in india because on one hand we see people from these transgender communities as sacred right we want them to bless us on wedding ceremonies and birth ceremonies and give them money for blessings but at the same time you know these are the people that we abuse these are the same people that are seen as disgusting these are the people we shrug off when we see them on the street and these are the people that need the most help when it comes to mental health but they're just so much there's just so much systemic discrimination that they're not able to have access to mental health services in the same way that everyone else is and they probably need it more than a lot of us because a lot of their families have disowned them yeah and i feel like when you spoke about women you know i feel like in india so many families and especially women are forced to have children like people especially parents don't understand that there there is a possibility that you know she's not ready to have a child maybe the husband is ready but she's not ready and you know obviously like in india patriarchy exists obviously so, <laughs> like the woman's like you know her opinion that just not valid for some reason like i mean it talks over but that, that's how you know it is and yeah and and comedy of our way spoke about the transgender people it's so hypocritical here that you know like you mentioned that we expect them to bless them on our wedding ceremonies and all of that and at the same time we also abuse them like yeah. so many so many of us come from families where you know the transgender people their names are in hindi it's called hijra they it used as an abuse you know Correct. and so absolutely and so growing up like obviously as a child you've seen that growing up you're going to have the image that they are not you know good that people that they're dirty or disgusting yeah yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely and and you're not and another thing that you're going to think that they are they're not one of us you know it's always mm-hmm. the like they're one of them it's like you know that kind of a thing Yeah, and so absolutely. you're going to have that prejudice and like you said you know they don't have access to mental health services which is yeah. it's really bad because they've not done anything wrong they're also humans and they should have access to mental health services but like you know we, we've been brought up in a in a society and culture that you know we've been like taught that you know certain people are bad certain are good this is that and just so many things that have been you know that we need to unlearn i think yeah you yeah know? about the the transgender community i only learned more about it when i went abroad to study i was doing this project on the transgender community and i was like does it exist in india without even realizing that i had grown up amongst the transgender community myself but just seen them as disgusting because that's just what we've been primed with and yeah. i was so embarrassed when i uh, you know found out kind of how i did more research into it and i kind of found out about their struggles and how their their community of its own because all their families have disowned them like i said society's disowned them yeah. so learning about that in a country that wasn't even mine was the biggest irony i thought that it took that to, for me to learn it so there definitely needs to be more psycho education about it more acceptance about it in society yeah and i think an example this is uh, i live in mumbai and goli okay and there is a transgender man over here. his name is yogesh okay and he's He's, he comes from a very good family, but he's been disowned by his parents. And this is like I'm talking ten years ago. Okay, I mean he's still he's still around here, but I'm talking what I'm talking about is ten years ago. And a lot of people like from my school <clears throat> used to make fun of him because he was transgender, and you know he used to put lipstick and used to dress up like a woman and all of that. And every time like you know people made fun of him, he used to cry like, and you'll see him around on the streets because he doesn't have a house. 
just roams around the street and every time he cries you know people laugh at him even more <clears throat> to make him feel worse and then you know when i grew up i kind of understood that why because we've always been taught that you know they're not good people or they're not normal people and <clears throat> i remember like every time like you know a lot of kids who went to home their parents told them that, you know stay away from him don't look at him this mm. that all of this about him so yeah i mean it's so clear that you know we've been brought up in a very not so good way and there's a lot right. of things that we need to unlearn correct absolutely right so ansa how is stigma harmful and why is it necessary to write about it so uh, stigma is problematic for a lot of reasons one of the biggest ones though is it could stop individuals who benefit from mental health services from seeking the help that they actually need right and when you talk about mental health illness i think it strikes with a double edged sword i think one is the harmful effects of the symptoms and the disabilities that prevent people from achieving their own goals in life but then the other is the effects of the stigma that the prejudice and discrimination of an entire community that really blocks your personal aspirations you know and, and i think when people internalize stereotypes uh, it also causes a diminished sense of self esteem and it's it, it leads to this effect called the why try effect so why should i try to even get a job so i'm like someone like me isn't worth it why should i even try to get housing no one's going to like me right and the opposite of this stigma is empowerment and that's why it's necessary to rise above it because people who believe that they have authority over their lives can lead a more fulfilling life can get jobs like all of us can and they have the same access to healthcare like all of us can and more importantly they'll reach out to more mental health professionals because they need it i agree with you and also the whole why try thing i really feel it comes from our schooling our education because yeah. we've always been at least in india in schools our teachers try to demotivate us so we get motivated <laughs> but they don't understand that that demotivation actually right. demotivates us and it does not motivate us <laughs> it's definitely punishment right over yeah. reward exactly <laughs> and uh, i don't understand they're like oh you can't do this you're a failure and then all you want is a child going to think no no i can do this now not everyone has that i'm going to prove this person wrong mentality you know correct exactly. correct and you can't expect everyone to have that either because everyone thinks differently right exactly it's like a handful of them and then when you know the students get bad marks the teachers are very surprised how can this happen as like because you made it happen yeah <laughs> not because you know your supposed demotivation motivation didn't work and yeah and then you know then obviously students are not going to be happy because like so many of them don't get into college because they didn't get good marks you know and all of that and then obviously they're not going to be happy their mental health gets affected obviously a lot for a lot of people college yeah. is important if you don't get into good college you're obviously going to be sad you're not going to be happy avoiding oh, your college Absolutely. so so i think cool is where the whole thing stems from you know that the whole self doubt which i really don't understand like that that whole thing about you know being like okay your shit and then people will, the teachers just assume that he's going to he or she is going to you know become better now and very very wrong and very weird right so anantha what kind of behaviors lead to the stigma around mental health so i think i was mentioning a couple of them before but you know like saying i'm so ocd i'm so bipolar i think just the language we use plays such a big part because it can stop people from getting the help they need uh, because they're afraid to be seen like that by their friends and family so this definitely increases the stigma and also 
I think there's this medical model of mental health problems, right? And it's, it says that mental health problems are just like physical health problems. And often we use this in India because it's very difficult to get across that mental health is important. So we use this model to prove that mental health is a real thing, right? But sometimes that backfires because it sort of implies that mental health problems are in some way, uh, mental health uh, uh, problems are different from those who are normally functioning individuals, right? That these people are different. And it, it, it sometimes stigmatizes people. It gives people a label. So, for example, uh, someone who's schizophrenic, someone who's depressive, and that's used in society kind of to uh, treat people like outliers. And this perpetuates the view that people with mental health problems are different and they should be treated with caution. Like you think they're going to harm you, right? Mm -hmm. So I think staying away from them rather than, you know, getting to know them. I think that's, a, that's one of the basic behaviors that we need to change because there's this fear that, oh, they might do something. They might throw something at me, right? Mm -hmm. So these are the kind of behaviors that increase stigma. Right. So do you think we've been making any progress when it comes to rising above the stigma? Yeah. So unfortunately, it took COVID to bring this stigma oh, into the yes. spotlight. <laughs> I feel like that's just been a really big one uh, in India. I think the grief, the trauma, the anger that came upon us during COVID across the whole world, not just India, they previously thought that mental health concerns would never touch them, right? And mm -hmm. then experiencing it firsthand and saying, okay, mental health struggles are not a them thing. They, they are a me and us thing. They happen to people like us. And yeah. it's everywhere now, right? So I think one of the things that happened as a result along the same time of COVID is that celebrities, figures, and politicians all started opening up about their uh, personal mental health journeys and sending the message that it's okay to not be okay. Right? Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the examples we can take recently from Olympics, Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, yeah. I think these are Michael Phelps. These are all people who have come out and spoken out about how mental health is equally, if not more important than physical health. So I think we have been making some progress and it's really refreshing and, and reassuring to see people speak out about, you know, practicing self-care, taking a break when when you know you should and, and just prioritizing your mental health. Oh, Can you imagine it took a whole pandemic for people to realize that? <laughs> and I wouldn't say a lot of people, like even now it's still, okay, it is something more than what it is before, but it's still very less you know for people to realize that mental health problems are real and they need to be given importance to like I, you know finally i started seeing the newspapers them them trying to print about mental health probably the first time i probably must have seen it i was like wow you know it's been a while that they've written something or it's just some very small column there also something about some psychiatrist you know it's never really them talking about mental health yeah, yeah. absolutely we're I reduced guess. to columns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess it's progress. So, yeah, we take yeah. that. Right. So, what exactly does this progress look like? So that's what the progress looks like. The sort of people speaking out more, foundations mm -hmm. are advocating for mental health. I think a lot of workplaces increasingly are building up their HR agencies to incorporate mental health counselors so that yeah. people have, you know, someone to speak to when they're going through something. You know, I, I look at so many companies and in the corporate space, what has happened is people are having a lot of workshops online on mental health uh, because uh, mental health has affected people in such a big way during the pandemic from working from home 
home to you know having to go through grief because of personal family losses so i think organizations are starting to incorporate mental health just as they would uh, physical health and that's definitely how we're making progress as a society yeah and there's also a couple of suicide line initiatives here in india the good samaritan is one of them so there's there's just been a growth in in that in the aspect of mental health that i've seen i mean i've i've come back to india after 7 years and in this time i've definitely seen it the field growing a lot more right so what can we as students do in order to decrease the stigma around mental health so i'm a really big advocate i'm going to repeat this again that language really matters and it really matters about you know how you talk about people who are dealing with mental health issues so focusing on the person instead of the diagnosis instead of saying uh, a depressive saying someone who's experiencing depression you know and and whenever possible questioning the the use of the term patient because this term it has its roots from latin actually it means someone who suffers right mm-hmm. and and that really dehumanizes the person really reduces a person right because a person is more than their mental health diagnosis that's not their only identity so i think that would be a really great place to start just on a basic level and then i think that you know increasing the awareness of mental health just like you are doing here I think that's so important um in schools. I mean the other day I spoke to my cousin who's I think all of 10 years old and he said they had a debate in their class about is mental health as important as physical health. And I was so impressed by that. It's these little initiatives that you know you start from a younger age that weren't around when we were growing up mm-hmm. that has such a lifelong impact. I'm sure that's going to impact the way he looks at mental health throughout his lifetime. So just these simple ideas can be really really helpful. And and also I think uh just knowing how you as students can reach out to primary care settings and help uh, helping to work with them to integrate mental health care into these primary care settings i think that's a great way of starting yeah, and i feel like also don't romanticize everything that is like very important like oh my god you go to therapy it's, there's not no reason to react that way like yeah. i know it is something different something new to us because we are not very exposed to this uh, to this obviously but like if you react like that obviously the person who you have reacted to this way is going to think that they are doing something very out of the blue or something wrong which is right, not right. it can be overwhelming and intimidating sometimes absolutely so, yeah that and and yeah basically yeah just just don't romanticize anything like even when i speak to people and you know i tell them that i work with my therapist and oh my god you work with therapists it must be so cool you know uh, they can probably tell about how you're feeling right now i was like they don't do that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. F- frequently asked question uh for from a therapist trust me the most uh, popular question i get asked outside of you know talking to my clients is people will come up to me and be like so can you tell me what i'm thinking right now can you analyze my mind are you judging me right now are you analyzing me that's yeah. like i'm a therapist i'm not some kind of fortune teller or a future right. teller or astrologer i think you have a really different view about it exactly and I, and you know thing they think that therapists don't have a life outside of their you know <laughs> workspace like they are absolutely all, yeah all the time analyzing everyone's emotions so we should stay conscious around yeah that. and i think there's also this sort of stigma around therapists needing their own therapy they're like uh, are if he has this problem or she has this problem how can she help me right But they don't realize that i we use our experiences in therapy to help you better to tune into your emotions better and a lot of that comes from experiencing it yourself which is really helpful in fact i think also if you went to a you know a maybe a heart surgeon and he had gone through his own heart surgery would you really hesitate to be seen by him i don't think so 
right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, people who are <laughs> is this funny? Honestly, like they they cannot believe that therapists also go to therapy. Like, how Absolutely. is it possible? I really hesitate to bring it up myself. This is the first time I've said it on a public platform. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, Ananta, what can parents and adults in general do to rise above the stigma? Yeah, so this is a very good question because um, you know a lot of things start in childhood, and there's this common misconception that you know children can't uh, need therapy. But in fact, when children are not treated for mental health concerns, they're at much greater risk to develop difficulties later in life as an adult. And untreated mental illness when you're a child can be a risk factor for substance abuse, for suicide, for um, you know failure to complete high school. So it's very very important that there's more public education. I think that we should encourage as parents as educators to stress on the importance of mental health. So what what can be done at a school level is again like incorporating mental health in the books we read in school. In the literature we study, you know, I think that can be very easily be incorporated within the education system itself that you know how people say not all disabilities are visible, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the schools i worked at at america we used you know we had like this time where we would put out little figurines for kids to play with who were 3 to 5 years old mm-hmm. and we would give them some figurines to play with who had physical disabilities and then we explained to them but still not all disabilities are physical there are some disabilities that go unnoticed like when someone's suffering in silence because they're going through depression Mm-hmm. or someone can't focus in class because they're going through ADHD and then we have speakers come and speak to them and i think these simple steps can really really help because like i said it all starts from childhood and i think one of the other things you can do as a parent is really reach out to mental health professionals and see what they can do with your child i myself practice this model of therapy called play therapy mm-hmm. where we get children to express their emotions through play and toys and that can be such an effective tool just to get them to regulate their emotions better and you know to equip them with skills that they can use throughout their lifetime then as as they go through challenges yeah and i feel like also Oh, kids, you know, who are educated, they should talk to their parents about mental health problems. I know it's not very easy for them to understand because they come from a very different generation and you know, very different thoughts as compared to what we have and very different view of the world as compared to us. But yeah. I feel like sitting with them and you know, talking to them, even if they don't understand, you can keep you can keep trying. You know, there'll be there'll Absolutely. be like some point that they will start start to understand. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I and I think coming coming from a point of uh, shaming them less and understanding their point of view and saying and. Yeah. So yes, I understand that people didn't seek mental health help before and I would still like to seek my own right now because this is what's important for me right now. So can you respect that, you know? So having that kind of open conversation is is usually really helpful because it it puts less blame on them. because what happens is when you put blame then someone starts to get defensive and they're less likely to listen to your point yeah. so having those kind of conversations can be really helpful yeah yeah and like you said you know a lot of kids i feel like impulsive like they don't want to sit and talk to their parents in in fact they just want to shame them like oh my god my my dad thinks like this or you know my mom thinks like this how can how can she or how can he which is like i mean it's one thing to you know to hold them accountable for thinking the way they do but it's like another to shame them and be like oh you know how can they Absolutely. do this and all of that like i said i i don't know if you're on twitter but i see you on twitter so often they're like my brown household is so you know something they'll say and then they're like i just want to leave as soon as possible and yeah. like and then they're like i can't believe i'm running away finally i'll be you know so happy and all that i mean okay like if your family is problematic it's a dysfunctional family i completely like you know i hear you but like I feel like talking about mental health. I I don't think like shaming your parents is right. 
at least at least right. try you know talking to them yeah. about it right cuz they come from a place of worry most parents just come from a place of worry when they get you know they get angry about mental health challenges they they just start to blame themselves and say oh did i do something wrong in my upbringing right yeah so it's just important to you know let them know that you you did your best and these things can still happen right so that was quite a good episode i feel like so much to learn from you so much that i could also share you know and uh, so much that i think people will have to take back from this episode so thank you anita for being with us and thank you so notes. much thank you so much i really i really enjoyed this discussion and i hope it will be helpful and i also love this this initiative i love what you guys are doing and and glad you're starting to raise more awareness about mental health in your own way thank you and to everyone listening thank you for listening i'll see you in the next episode